0: Welcome to Minisode 113 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of Musical Things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Here we are again, sir, 11.15 on a Sunday morning, kind of tight.
1: Yeah, yeah, as we are wont to do lately. Very true, very true. How are you?
0: I'm okay, man, I'm okay. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Eventful week? I
1: I, I think I would be lying, Mitch, if I even attempted to say that it was in any way eventful. (laughs) Okay. It was not. Okay.
0: You? Uh yeah, uh, but yeah, pr- pretty eventful I would say. Uh, a lot of things going on, but uh, yeah, doing fine. And uh, did manage to squeeze in some viewing. I suspect, I think, uh, judging by the messages you were sending me this week, that we've both watched the same film this week.
1: Possibly, I maybe yeah. Because uh, I'll, well, I'll just tell you what I watched, and then you can confirm or deny that. All right. Sure. So I went on to Shudder, and I checked out. How- host me too <laughs> all right cool cool by the way thanks to Shudder for giving us advanced screening of that
0: uh yes very cool indeed now i want to say that going into host we'd had a conversation uh this week just when we were texting where mm-hmm. i said that i was like i cannot stand the idea of like the next eight to twelve months of horror releases being like check out this isolation horror shot on lockdown
1: sure yeah yeah, yeah. And i was like, yeah. I, like i don't
0: want millions and millions of those and you were like yeah but host looks good and uh, I was like, hmm, okay. So there it is on, uh, on Shutter, directed by Rob Savage.
1: Yeah, who did the amazing short Dawn of the Death. I don't know if you've seen it. I have it's, seen it's...
0: it. I saw it at Cellular Screams one year. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. If you've, if you've not seen Dawn of the Death, I would urge you to check it out.
0: Yeah. Um. So 56 minutes, this one. Basically, the entire thing is one long Zoom conversation and a kind of a, not a ghost in the machine horror, but certainly a ghost story of sorts.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, six friends who gather around Zoom to do a seance over Zoom, yeah, um, with the help of a with the help of a medium, of course. Sure. They're not just they're not just winging it like I used to do when I used to draw a Ouija board on the floor and then try to work it. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they've got they've got someone who has well, if you believe in that stuff, uh, apparent credentials. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that some of this stuff because I think that like when when that character shows up, I think mm-hmm. that a lot of the kind of like airy fairy kinds of things that she says and their kind of skepticism towards that gets a decent amount of actual laughs before this gets scary.
1: yeah yeah also nice to hear a scottish voice in there
0: always nice
1: always nice (laughs) yeah
0: but basically one of them kind of speaks out a turn and we believe angers the spirits
1: yeah and uh, i think what happens is that this isn't spoilery at all because it's like right there on the shutter blurb for the film The spirit kind of takes on the form, if you like, of the character that this cat that one of the girls has kind of pretended to see or to make up.
0: Yeah, which is like again, it's a really cool idea. I think that like I think that one of the reasons why this works is that it's got a kind of story and ideas that transcend the gimmick
1: yeah absolutely
0: also um uh creature stuff here james
1: swanton yeah yeah absolutely and uh dan martin did the effects
0: ah nice nice yeah uh, james swanton of uh sam ashworth's film frankenstein's creature
1: yeah and uh i think soon to be in scott lias's debut film in fact he was in black mass which you scored
0: that's right yeah 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 and um i believe yeah he is gonna be uh he's cast in walking against the rain as well i think Um uh, yeah. but yeah no everyone doing good work here though i pretty much can't fault this i think that it's very lean, and that's to its benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because I like watching short things; <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think that there's no room for fat. There's like no fat on the bone at all here.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I really like actually like they use the the zoom gimmick to to, to kind of to the film's real benefit because they like um, they've obviously not upgraded to like zoom premium or whatever it is because they get that forty minute woman. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, I I just think it's it's really well put together and it's. Um, I don't mind telling you, I jumped a fair few times. It's incredibly scary. Yeah, it's great stuff. And that's uh, host and that's on Shudder now. Yeah, and like we say, it's not a massive drain on your time at all. It's 56 minutes in and out, no problem at all.
0: Yeah, burn through that in under an hour. Can't say further than that. I uh, have one other thing uh, to discuss.
1: Pretty lean on the viewing this week then. I know you've been extremely busy with composing stuff.
0: Uh, yes, I'm kind of hoping to get a little bit more uh stuff watched this week, but uh this past week has kind of had to be given over to that to a large extent.
1: Yeah, no no that no 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 that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. So, uh I'm guessing we are going back to the 90s. Oh, very subdued. Yes, keep doing that robot voice, but like, I think robots is more 80s. Yeah, I suppose that's
0: true, actually. I don't know what a 90s equivalent would be, apart from, like, Bart Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I did go back to the 90s this week for something that I think also potentially doubles up as a smoky thriller. It's also garbage. I watched uh, Hush. Oh, right, okay. uh, From Uh, 1998, uh, from director Jonathan Darby. So, this is a couple here played by Gwyneth Paltrow and Jonathan Sheik, who uh, move to... His mother's farm, right, and have a kid there and things. And basically, she is not all that she appears to be. She's a kind of like um, "don't take my baby boy away" type. Uh, okay, Go and on, yeah. this gets increasingly like sinister in a very nineties way. Everything about this is overtly nineties. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: mostly, I would say the uh, the patterns on the walls and floors and things okay uh but uh yeah i don't like this at all it has a re- <laughs> has a real um channel five three o'clock on a wednesday afternoon made for tv film vibe about it all right okay and wow it, and not uh made for tv in the same vein as like the graveyard story where you can enjoy the fact that it has like quite a few technical shortcomings in a way that is very enjoyable this is a competently made beigeness it's <laughs> like the rice pudding of 90s SideQuest films. <laughs> Good say.
1: lord. Okay.
0: Um. So, yeah, it's on Netflix, but don't watch it. There's better stuff out right there. Hosts. Uh, uh, I'm
1: a big fan of rice pudding, so I'd, I'd kind of like you to retract that and replace it with something <laughs> that I like a lot less. I'm not a fan of Semolina.
0: Okay, cool. It's the Semolina of, uh, of uh, 90s SideQuest films. But, yeah, th- okay. like I said, this is on Netflix, but don't watch it. Host is on Shudder, yeah. and it's half an hour shorter than this and much, much better.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't recommend Host enough. I thought it was brilliant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. but pretty light on uh, the viewing this week, so I guess onwards and upwards.
1: <laughs> what have they been saying?
0: Well, they've been saying plenty this week on the feedback across a number of different topics, but uh, I do want to say a quick hello to um, everyone that got in touch about Dead Heat, and a big thank you, of course, to James Plum of Mad Science Films for joining us this week to talk about Dead Heat, which was a good laugh.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant, and um, a great film, <laughs> actually. Uh, I watched it again after we recorded. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a great time.
0: <laughs> I was not ready, I'm not ready to go back to it, not for a while, I wouldn't say, but um, I uh, I'm glad that you went back and enjoyed it another time. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who's coming up on your side of the line, uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, she said, uh, Yay, this film was great fun. Looking forward to the discussion. So, yeah, there's a decent reserve of love for
1: uh, Dead Heat. You got anything there? Yeah, I do. I've got Darren Gaskell here saying, Of course it's rubbish. But it's pretty good rubbish. Ah! Pis- <laughs> a classic Gaskell lampoon. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's known for it. Piscopo's lines have not aged well can't disagree absolutely but the film does riff entertainingly on over-the-top 80s action tropes and it was something that my sister and i loved in the vhs days i'm pretty sure we rented it a few times i've also got laura Bynon saying first time watch before listening not sure how i missed this in the 80s but i'm getting vibes of larry cohen and cocaine uh, just say no kids <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Uh, that's all I've got in Dead Heat. I'm sure you've probably got some more.
0: Well, uh, there's a, there's one thing, but I wanted to leave it to last in this segment of the feedback because it was the longest bit, but it's also the funniest. Um, all right. So in the Chudlocker, which I'm aware that you don't have visibility of, I kind of wanted to keep this as a mm. surprise. Um, our pal James Patrick Duffy posted in there.
1: Right. What's he saying? This was on
0: Thursday, and he said, uh, Having just watched Dead Heat in preparation for tomorrow, I was struck by a thought. If Andy and Mitch were any fictional cop duo, who would they be? <laughs> For me, Riggs and Murtaugh. One, a renegade lunatic who will stop at nothing to protect his loved ones and the law. The other, Andy. <laughs> Okay. Um, Scott Cairns got in touch and said, I'm going with Cagney and Lacey. Right. <laughs> uh, at okay. this point, uh, Duffy assumed the role of moderator of the conversation, started setting some rules and regulations. He was like, Which is which and why?
1: Right, sure.
0: At which point, Scott replied with a hilarious photoshopped image of you and me as Cagney and Lacey, presumably. But unfortunately, I'm no further on as to who's who because I've never watched it and I don't know who's who. But one's I am.
1: blonde and one's got dark hair. That's as much as I can remember. Yeah,
0: he's got me as the dark haired one and you as the blonde haired one. I'll send you the picture. In fact, we should just share it everywhere because it is really, really funny. Elsewhere, Chris Skelp saying Starsky and Hutch one is Streetwise and has seen it all the other is Mitch <laughs> <laughs> he's also suggested that uh, we have um, film fan Stevie as Huggy Bear our connection to the underworld which I think given his recent behaviour I think is reasonable
1: yeah 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 he's not bit, in fact if anything I think Stevie's the criminal here with his crimes against cinema I
0: would say that's fair Duffy weighing in with co-stars John McPhail as Leo Getz and Paddy Murphy as Captain Murphy <laughs>
1: leaning into the lethal weapon thing uh,
0: Steve Kerr says Nick Angel and Danny Butterman from Hot Fuzz but would not speculate who was who
1: uh, I don't know if I'm uh, right. okay
0: <laughs> Barry Delgarno Turner and Hooch again uh, no specification <laughs> of <who's> who. <laughs> uh, James Plum Cannon and Ball Boys in Blue right okay and um, James Plum also sharing a picture of that detectives show from the 90s and uh, everyone claiming that I am so Jasper Carrot it's unreal <laughs> <laughs> this is all on the Chudlocker, if you want to go and have a closer look at it. But everyone really stepped up and made that very, very funny.
1: Wow. Uh, okay.
0: So if you want to go and check that out, that is uh that is there. No one's speculating who was Mortis and who was Bigelow? No, actually, no. Nobody uh nobody did that. I, yeah, that would be an interesting one. I'd be curious to know people's takes on that. Mm.
1: I get the feeling I'm gonna be Bigelow and that makes me sad. <laughs>
0: I don't know, my, my one-liners are pretty terrible. Um, I want to say a mm. quick look at Chris Scalp again, just getting in touch, and um, he's been catching up on some stuff that we've been mentioning on the mini-sodes that he's currently working his way through. And, oh, yeah. And uh, he sent a few messages, actually, so I'm just going to shoot through the things that he liked and didn't like. Liked Calm. Okay. Um Liked Lose. Which is great, Tillman's okay. friends lose. Um, also, hated Life Force. Oh, what? But uh, Doug, Coherence, and also Excision. So um, I get the impression that me and Chris Skelt might get along, but you have a very similar taste.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's just you.
0: Do you think the guy, Chris Skelt's just me in disguise? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who this Mitch guy is, but his taste in films is excellent and he's also handsome. <laughs>
1: Um, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, a couple of things, but they are not in any way related to Dead Heat. That's okay. Uh, Tile Popcorn, at Saltire Popcorn, getting in touch to say, Oh, for fuck's sake, now, because of strong, violent PC, I end up browsing Netflix and thinking, Hmm... Obvious smoky thriller Friday choice, uh, and he's shared an image from Dangerous Lies, which we've actually covered.
0: Yeah, we have. It's awful. Um, and uh, sharing our opinion on that is a uh, David S. Smith uh, horror in a tweet. Yeah, I got in touch it saying it's a murder mystery with only four characters that aren't the cop or the corpse, and one isn't in it until the second half. As complex as an episode of Scooby Doo.
1: <laughs> was that the one with the uh, the where the twist was like a diamond heist?
0: Uh, yes, I think so. It was the one that, um, <laughs> uh, the one that uh, Elliot Gold was in.
1: Right, okay, yeah, that is, that's a diamond-housed yeah.
0: one. Um, Want to say a quick hello to film fan Stevie getting in touch with Solidarity because he just got dive-bombed by two pigeons outside the Cars in Bloomsbury.
1: Uh, thoughts and prayers, Stevie. Yeah, so I prayers. feel
0: like me, him and Keen should form a support group for people who have been uh, the victims of uh, unprovoked pigeon attacks.
1: Like that terrible, awkward support group in Saw 7?
0: Oh my god, the worst. Yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Apart from the fact that Carrie Elwes won't emerge from the
1: shadows in the other one. He might. He might have also been hit by a pigeon. You don't know. You know what? Who can say? I can't speak to his experience. You got anything else before we move on? Yes, Cosmic Ray Girl getting in touch to say, is watching who else but Mitch's recommendation, The Cured? Oh, nice. Yeah, you are right about the angle here. I don't feel anyone has explored the recovery, redemption and return to normal life for the infected. Thanks for another great episode. Ah, oh, well, thank you, Alexis. Yeah, one, you're very welcome, and two, really glad that you
0: like The Cured, because um, I've I've kind of found myself thinking about that film a wee bit since I watched it. Um, uh, Yeah, it's I increasingly think that it's uh, really, really great. One of the smarter and kind of more original zombie things that I've seen in quite a while. So, uh, yeah, that's on Netflix. If you missed me talking about it a couple of weeks back, yeah, The Cured is on Netflix, and it's awesome. Uh, go check it out.
1: Excellent. Thank you for the recommendation again, Mitch.
0: So... It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title, the tagline, any identifying text. Leave only the image there for my perusal. It will be up to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give it both a title and a synopsis. We will also, of course, put the image everywhere on our social media channels, so you guys can play along as well. Yes, that's how the game is playing. Yes, and speaking of which, we got some belters this week. Uh, so last week, for the second week in a row, I was lampooned, <laughs> and you gave me breeders. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, yeah, did
0: which yeah. I reappropriated as uh, the lip filler killer, Tammy Tuck's Botox shocker.
1: Oh sure, yeah, of course.
0: A few people get in touch with pitches this week, and I have got to hand it to everybody once again. There's just a handful of entries this week, but they are all absolute gold.
1: Okay, I gotta say, <laughs> do it.
0: So first up, want to say hello to Chris Salt.
1: Ah, Chris Salt. He, see, he's a guy now who just dips in every now and again. He He's quite selective now about the pitches that he enters.
0: Yeah, he turns up, drops bombs, and just leaves again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not least this week. When a beautiful young woman approaches him in a bar and asks him back to her place, young college student Murdo victim thinks he's found his dream girl. <laughs> but the dream quickly becomes a nightmare when she gets him alone and her face cracks open to reveal a ferociously fanged, fanny-looking fiend within. <laughs> Because, unbeknownst to its citizens, the sleepy seaside town of San Dominguez has been invaded by a horde of diminutive parasitic alien creatures piloting lady shaped robot bodies so as to get around unnoticed. Now, with bodies piling up and only three days left on the force, it's up to Detective Neil E. Retired. <laughs> To piece together the perplexing puzzle in front of him and crack the case before the monstrous miscreants spawn and take over the world in 1987's rightly forgotten sci-fi horror debacle, Growlers
1: <laughs> oh, I love that I'd
0: watch that, that sounds brilliant That is powerful, powerful stuff Kevin Matthews then, when mutant giant snakes are unleashed in the makeup section of a large department store, the management tried to cover up the carnage, even as customers are being eaten alive and eggs are laid in various products. It's even worse for the sweet and innocent Chastity Crotchlocked, who ends up getting ready for her first big school (laughs) dance with infected makeup that drags her into a world of Cronenbergian terror. It's 1990s Mascara Anaconda. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there it is maybe she's born with it maybe it's Maybelline or maybe it's the result of makeup infested with the eggs of evil serpents of doom <laughs> um, uh, okay honey ray on twitter Di Dedinov takes her beauty regime too far when she buys a new miracle anti-wrinkle cream from a mysterious saleswoman who promises her that beauty is definitely skin deep it's 1979's over exfoliation what lurks beneath <laughs> And, finally, a warm welcome back to Tony Constantine.
1: <gasps> oh, wow! Yeah, of course, Tony's been gone a while. He's a new dad. I know, that, I know the hardships. Yep. Welcome back, sir. Uh,
0: yeah, he's taken a little bit of a pitching hiatus, and um, he, he sent me this privately, not on public forums, I think, so we could drop it as a wee surprise. But Tony's back.
1: Okay, let's let's hear this, then.
0: Austria, April 20th, 1939. <laughs> as Hitler's birthday celebrations get off to a flying start... Disgraced psychic private investigator Klaus Scho inexplicably begins to suspect the Führer's saucy new bit of crumpet is in fact an exiled homeless alien gypsy thief from the future. With absolutely (laughs) no evidence to support his crackpot theory, Scho must enlist the help of local crackpot scientist Professor Herbert Humphenschnagel to help find evidence to support his crackpot theory. Now, as our unlikely heroes somehow uncover a fiendish plot to simultaneously burgle all the sweet shops in Austria at 9pm in what can only be described as a low-stakes post-watershed crime spree, show must go on and stop the dastardly extraterrestrial terror (laughs) before its minor actions have almost no impact on the future whatsoever in director Roger Beefclap's 1992's no-budget straight-to-laser disc classic Private Dick Show and the mystery of the (laughs) illegal-alien-alien-sweaty-petty-crime-prime-time-time-traveller-traveller. (laughs) <laughs> oh, can you see that again? Certainly. Private Dick Show and the Mystery of the Illegal Alien Alien Sweaty Petty Crime Prime Time Time Traveler Traveler.
1: Wow! Oh my goodness! Wow! So that's your lot.
0: Um, best pitch and best character name, please.
1: I've got to say, best character names. I can't really see past Chris Salt because um, they were all good. Murdo victim and uh, nearly e. retired. Yeah, and the town as well of uh, Sandy Minges. Sandy Minges, yep. Yeah, very good. Um, and I'm going to give it to Tony as a bold welcome back. Yeah. Uh, th- so yeah. I think it, it was a hell. It's a hell of
0: an entrance. It's a hell of an, a way to re-enter the fray.
1: I think so. I think yeah, yes.
0: So I was about to say that concludes Mitch's pitches. It does not. Uh, the uh, the the pitching fun is only beginning.
1: <laughs> Are you ready for this?
0: I don't know. Am I? Let's see. There you go. Oh my. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Okay. no border to this image. Uh, the background is black. Uh, do you think this could be breeders? Um, I would be really surprised if it's breeders.
1: But you don't
0: know. Like facility. I can't trust you ever again. Now, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, the kind of centerpiece of this, in a way, is a mirror.
1: Okay. Yes. Which has yes. been
0: smashed through uh, when it looks like someone is passing through from the other side of the mirror. The screen or poster is filled with shards of glass, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a man in a tuxedo, kind of like looks like it's probably like a navy blue tuxedo. I would say, I guess. Slight kind of Vincent Price vibes about his face. Okay. Um okay. but he's got a uh, a moustache, he's looking quite menacing. Also has a shirt with a white shirt with ruffles and a black bow tie on. Um mm-hmm, he is in mm-hmm. his right hand brandishing a small dagger or perhaps letter opener. Um and there is <laughs> a noose around his neck.
1: There is a noose around his neck, yes. Mm-hmm. Which appears to
0: be um which appears to just be uh made of standard noose rope. Is that rope that you would buy? Uh yes. Give me a meter of noose rope, you'd say we have yeah well, who, so that, who
1: would say, who would sell you that <laughs> um, okay so you're have, not going to use this to you're not going to use this to tie a noose are you because <laughs> if you are um, okay
0: man with a noose around his neck is uh dropped through a mirror shatters the mirror he's also holding a dagger so a dagger wielding noose necked man dropped through mirror yeah okay give me a sec
1: you Ever worn a tuxedo? Haven't no. Have you? No. I have worn a tuxedo. I've never worn one that had like ruffles down the front and a cummerbund. Um but I've certainly worn like a like a dinner suit type I- idea. Um yeah, I don't I, I don't care for it as you can imagine. You, yeah, you, I think I like the way I, I, mean, I like
0: I, I I generally like uh, I don't like having my neck encroached upon.
1: <laughs> sure. You know? sure, sure.
0: Um okay, I think I just about have something here. I want to just preface this by saying that this is really fucking stupid, okay?
1: I know your other ones are...
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's a break uh, from the uh, Herzogian serious tone of my normal pitches.
1: <laughs> Fire away then. The sleepy
0: town of Little Foreboding is rocked to its core when man about town Ernest Fopp, known for his sartorial elegance and expansive knife collection, is arrested for the murder of local socialite Anjanew. Oh, okay. Facing death by hanging, the second he falls to his doom, introverted office intern Wellesley Meek bursts in, explaining that a crucial piece of evidence has been lost due to an administrative blunder, and Ernest's last sight before he dies is his exoneration after it's too late. Oh dear. Set to spend eternity in purgatory following a life of moral indifference and a destructive love of gossip, Ernest pleads with the powers that be to be sent back to repent. They agree, but what they don't know is that Ernest is back to wreak bloody vengeance on the incompetence who caused his death, and prevent further accidents in the process. It's the classic horror combination of reincarnation, bloodshed, office bureaucracy, and process optimization in the nineteen eighty B movie STAPTACULAR Blood Red Tape, Clerical Terror.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, that wasn't so bad. Oh, that was alright. You've done stu- you've done stupider than that. Right. Tell me this isn't breeders. I can tell you that the year is 1988. <laughs> okay. And that the film is Twice Dead. Twice
0: Dead. Okay. Okay, I guess that makes sense from the uh, from the artwork. Um okay. Yeah. What is this about and again more to the point, who is emerging from the IMDb ether to synopsize this for us today?
1: Synopsis of this week is our old pal Concord New Horizons open bracket with permission close bracket full stop Lovely, okay, cool, catchy, lay it on me The Cates family is thrilled to learn they have inherited the old mansion of the deranged stage actor Tyler Walker They arrive to discover that the mansion has turned into a playground for a local street gang but the gang is not all the Kate's children have to worry about, as Tyler's ghost makes it known he is not pleased with their intrusion.
0: Oh, is that all? That's all. I like that. That sounds good. That sounds like something I'd watch.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it, so you're uh, you're more than welcome to hunt it down and tell me if it's any good. It's probably
0: on Amazon Prime, to be fair.
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everything's on Amazon. Like, I was looking through the other day and see the sheer amount of Mitchie's Pitches titles that are on there. Unbelievable. It's
0: so funny how everything is on Amazon Prime, but week to week, I can never tell you anything that's on Amazon Prime. uh but that concludes mitch's pitches for this week that image is everywhere so by all means join in and get your pictures in we love hearing from you amazing stuff this week again by the way guys well done
1: yeah brilliant and welcome back to tony as well
0: yeah absolutely so speaking of amazon prime time to take a quick look at the streaming platforms for this week and there's nothing on amazon prime with the exception of the fact that i believe that season five of fear the walking dead is there now
1: oh i didn't even know they did that many series of Fear the walking dead i My was
0: God. surprised to find that also uh netflix couple of things i want to mention there um th- at some point recently um jennifer kent's the nightingale has landed on there oh wow <laughs> um just at some point in the last week um incredibly heavy stuff but well worth your time yeah agreed uh but yeah like um uh if you're kind of triggered or bothered by uh scenes of sexual violence and rape and things then i would seriously consider whether or not this is for you because there's some pretty unapologetic stuff in there
1: yes it's uh it's pretty aggressive yeah
0: um but a really really good film uh, from the director of course of the babadook on friday the 7th a great favorite of yours andy if i'm not mistaken uh lee winnell's upgrade lands on netflix
1: absolutely love it love it can't recommend that enough
0: yep after a violent mugging leaves him paralyzed a man receives a computer chip implant that allows him to control his body and get his revenge Turn our attentions then to Now TV and Sky Cinema. Not a great deal going on there, but this Friday has got the arrival of Joker, if that's your thing. Oh, right, okay. Um, And Shudder have a couple of things. On August 3rd, they've got Amityville 1992, It's About Time. (laughs) Uh, An antique clock brought back from New York brings supernatural terror to a California neighbourhood. And also on Thursday the 6th, uh, don't be put off by the title, this sounds really interesting. On Thursday the 6th, they've got La Llorona. Not to be confused with The Curse of La Llorona, which is... uh, a terrible one verse film it's garbage yeah it's awful however uh the uh so this is another variation on that mythology and that folklore and the synopsis is as follows an aging paranoid dictator protected by a witchcrafting wife faces death and the uprise of his people in guatemala
1: Yeah, apparently this is really good. I've seen some people talking about it on social media.
0: Yeah, a pretty cool idea, I have to say. Um, So that's your full list of stuff that is uh, kind of horror and genre adjacent coming to um, the streaming platforms this week. With a gun in my head, pick Upgrade, I would say. Gotta say Upgrade for me. And of course, if you check out any of those things, be sure and let us know how they go. We're always looking for recommendations too. So, turning our attentions then to this week's show, Mm. and I get the impression that a lot of people are going to be happy and excited about this one.
1: I think so. So, we do have a guest, first and foremost. Excellent. I like that we have to quantify that every single week, (laughs) so that people go, oh, it's not just these two pricks again, is it?
0: Yeah, we've managed it. Uh, He is the director of the films Nailbiter, Enclosure, and the upcoming Fright Fest 2020 selection, I Am Lisa. It's Mr. Patrick Ray this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to have Patrick on the show. I've liked Patrick's stuff for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, to uh, bring the film that he's bringing is an incredibly audacious choice.
0: Uh. Yeah, <laughs> we are uh. venturing back once again into the Friday the 13th franchise.
1: Yes, it's back to Crystal Lake, but only very, very briefly because we're moving onwards, broadening our horizons, broadening the scope and heading to the Big Apple. It's 1989, it's Friday the 13th. Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. So, Patrick Ray joins us to talk
0: Jason Takes Manhattan, which joins Friday the 13th Part 5, Yep. Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday, and Jason X Correct. amongst the uh, Friday the 13th movies that we've discussed. But yeah, Patrick Ray, director of Enclosure and Nailbiter and I Am Lisa joins us this week to talk about that. How you feeling about that? You want to get in touch with us and let us know? Then there's loads of ways you can do that. You can get in touch on Facebook and Instagram on Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, And you can email Scenes at gmail.com.
1: Yep, and check out StrongViolentPod.com. And, of course, also please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash StrongLanguageViolentScenes where you can find loads of stuff there, loads of cool tiers, loads of available bits and bobs to get your dirty little mitts on, and more exclusive content coming very, very soon indeed. Yeah, quite a few you're getting on the Patreon train now, one of
0: which we'll be thanking very soon indeed at the end of the show. So we're back Friday with episode 112, Patrick Ray joins us to talk Jason Takes Manhattan. Join us then if you can, in the meantime, don't forget, it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chads. Goodbye!
1: Bye!
0: Hey, guys, just want to say a quick thank you to one more patron who uh, joined the Patreon party this week.
1: Yes, indeed, yes. Keep them coming, guys. This is excellent. Huge thank you to Neil Mitchell joining us this week. Neil, thank you so, so much, man. Uh, And it's absolutely great to have you on board. Can't thank you enough. And uh, I hope that Ghost of Tsushima is treating you well.
0: (laughs) Thanks very much, Neil. And don't forget, it's patreon.com forward slash strong language violent scenes if you want to check out for yourself. See you guys soon. Bye, guys.